I have a gentleman that I have wanted you to meet uh, for quite a while. He is um, a, a Chicago alderman. A, a lot of you know that I'm a, a born and raised native of Illinois and spent most of my adult life in the Chicago area. And uh, um, this gentleman really has a heart for the city of Chicago. And, uh, and he's running for mayor. So I wanted you all to meet him and hear what he has to say about my beloved Chicago. Alderman Lopez, welcome to the show. Thank you, Betsy. Glad to be here. So I, let's talk about it. First of all, I just have to ask you, what made you want to get involved in Chicago politics? You seem like such a, such a normal guy. What, <laughs> what, uh, what made you get involved? Well, there was no traumatic head injury that got me involved in uh, Chicago politics. Um, I've been involved in politics from the ripe old age of 18 years old when I got involved with my local precinct captain, my local ward organization, and saw the very real connection between voting and the delivery of city service. When people vote, politicians pay attention. And I learned that early on, and that was something that carried through me throughout life. Uh, and when I met a alderman who wasn't too responsive to the needs of the people, I was having flashbacks in my younger days, and that prompted me to get involved. And here we are, two terms later, uh, having been elected to one of the most diverse, uh, both ethnically, economically, and geographically ward geographical wards in the city of Chicago. Here is Alderman of the 15th Ward on the city's southwest side, close to Midway Airport, for all of you who know the city, and now running for mayor because I think that we just need leadership that understands neighborhoods, leadership that has some common sense and focuses on solutions and not just addicted to uh, living in the problem. And that's the thing, the, the 15th Ward, I actually used to live in the city near there and it's such a fantastic um, community, but you know, all people here nationally and internationally about Chicago is crime, crime, crime. Before we talk about that, will you tell people what's wonderful about our city of Chicago? First off, there's no other city in the world like the city of Chicago, where you have 77 different and distinct communities, multiple different, uh, multiple ethnicities and international backgrounds. I think we have 100 different languages spoken in various neighborhoods, and we can all live peacefully. By and large, we live peacefully together despite our differences, because the one thing there are several things that we all have in common. We all love the lakefront. We all love to eat, which is why you know food is such a big thing in the city of Chicago not just pizza and hot dogs, but everything from falafel to tacos to pierogies and empanadas, you name it, we're eating it. Uh, and that's what brings us together. You know, we're united by our, our, our shared difference of where we've come from, but why we're here also, what we're doing for our families and what our faith guides us to do forward. So you know, it's truly a great city, has so much untapped potential. And you know, the goal now has to be to get past the headlines, get break through this perception that we are out of control by supporting our law enforcement brothers and sisters and bringing safety back so that people know us for the good things and are not just focusing on the bad. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you, first of all, you made me miss Chicago so much. The second you made me hungry, because that's one of the things I miss so much about Chicago is the food. So it's no secret that you know, Chicago is experiencing uh, high violent crime. Although, you know, when you look at the numbers, there are some crimes that are down a little, but we've had uh, over 500 homicides this year in the city of Chicago. And, and, uh, and yet we have a fantastic 
police department. Uh, you know, in fact, I've trained a lot of Chicago police officers. But right now, Alderman, we have a mayor who just doesn't seem to get uh, She just doesn't seem to get it. Why are you the best alternative to replace Mayor Lori Lightfoot in the city of Chicago? I believe I'm the best alternative to her because I'm the one who understands law enforcement. I've supported them and they have supported me as we have stood up to the gangbangers in my ward uh, on numerous occasions when they've tried to either, you know, break, uh, vandalize my office, vandalize my home, or even make death threats against me. You know, we've been on the front lines together against these individuals who are just committed to uh, terrorizing our communities. And you need a leader who understands what that is like on the streets and what our brave men and women go through every single day when they're trying to apprehend those individuals. If you have a mayor who's more concerned with making brownie points with criminals and forgetting victims, then we have a problem. And that's what we have in Lori Lightfoot right now. We have a mayor who oftentimes is more willing to throw police officers under the bus because the gangbangers' feelings were hurt, as opposed to supporting our officers when they make those arrests, when they get those guns off the street, and when they go after those criminal rings that are operating in our neighborhood, selling drugs and, and destroying the basis of our society here in the city of Chicago. Now, the Chicago Police Department had, I mean, Chicago, first of all, is a huge city, and we have, you know, many, many districts in the city of Chicago. And I got to tell you, back when I was on a task force in the 1980s, where I did a lot of work in the city of Chicago, and the, the street gangs were, back then, were extremely organized. Now, what we're seeing is the gangs are disorganized and, quite frankly, far more violent. What are your plans to deal with the, the the street gangs of Chicago? We have to be committed in the city of Chicago through our police department to using those specialized units like the gang unit, like the gun unit, like the narcotics unit, tactical unit, and detectives units to ensure that we are building the cases and going after those magnets of violence in our neighborhood. Right now, for the third time, we've dismantled and reorganized all of those named units in the city of Chicago under this administration. We cannot continue to keep reinventing the wheel, trying to pick up the pieces and hoping that we're gonna put bad guys away. It simply doesn't work that way. You have to put in the time and the effort and you have to be willing to see the job through no matter what words or terms they throw at you for simply trying to get the bad guys off the street. You know, we know that in the city of Chicago right now, every time that our officers are pulling gangbangers off the street, are getting drugs and pull, getting the drug dealers off the corner, there are some of those criminal enablers that are out there putting pressure on the police, on the mayor, on other elected officials to stop doing it, to focus on root causes and calling the enforcement of the law racist. It is not racist to hold criminals accountable for when they break the law. And that is something that we have to commit ourselves to. And only someone who's been in that fight with the men and women in blue, only someone who has seen that firsthand and knows that there are real victims behind these stats and headlines that we see is going to do that. And I think that's what we need to get back to. It seems so common sense. It's nothing that's you know magical or theoretical, it's simple, simple common sense that we need to bring back both to the city and to law enforcement in the city of Chicago. And, you know, that's the thing the 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 city of Chicago and the Chicago Police Department, you know, because we, we hear so much about police officers are racist and police officers are brutal. 
the Chicago Police Department has a, a long-standing community policing program, the CAPS program, that has yeah. received national attention and that, that truly works in the neighborhoods, but you don't hear a lot about that outside of maybe the local media. Talk about the CAPS program and your plans for community policing uh, when you become mayor. Well, I believe community policing has to be the entire department. It can't just be re re uh, relegated to a small unit of three or four individuals between in each district. And my experience by and large has been our officers in all 22 districts are community police officers. They engage, they talk to people, they say hello, they smile, they wave, you know, regardless of what district they're in or what community they're working in. That is the epitome of what law enforcement is. People who are engaged and know, and you have to support officers to do that. What we've seen under this administration, though, is that those same districts have had their officers, 50% of them are pulled out on a daily basis to go do other things on citywide teams that don't report to anybody and don't build those community connections. So the same people who are saying that our police officers are racist, that our police officers don't build community relations, are the exact same ones that are destroying those community relations by not allowing officers to spend time with the people that they serve. Serve and protect means you have to be there with them to serve them and protect them. And if you're not allowing those officers to do that, they can't build the relationships, they can't build the rapport, and most importantly, they can't answer the 911 calls when people need help, which we've seen where they're just coding them out because we simply don't have enough manpower to answer the answer the calls. And that lack of timing for response only fuels the perception that the police don't care about neighborhoods when it's outside of their control. What do you think we can do in the city of Chicago to recruit more police officers to join the Chicago Police Department? Because I, I got to tell you, when, when, when I started on the job, you know, every time Chicago Police Department would give a test, 10,000 people would show up to take the yep. test. And uh, and I, I I know that, that you know, that's no longer happening. What are we going to do to fix that problem? We have seen where the, the lists to get on the police department, as you said, have been 10,000 person strong, even with higher standards. The city of Chicago now has lowered the standards to try and get more recruits, and we can barely get a class of 50 into the academy. No, I think where we have to begin is we have to begin with the culture of the political culture, and we have to stop talking down at our officers and then wonder why no one wants to be a police officer. When you have politicians who call them child killers, when you have a mayor who says that they're racist, Who's going to want to work in that environment? We have seen nearly a thousand officers take lateral transfers out of Chicago, out of the Chicago Police Department into surrounding suburbs and other states. They're not leaving the police department because they don't believe in law enforcement. They're leaving because they don't believe in Chicago leadership. And I think once we change the leadership, we are going to see many hundreds of officers who've left interested in wanting to come back. And as mayor, I'm going to make sure that we can allow the lateral transfers for the return for all of our officers who want to come home, because many of them have expressed to me that while it was nice to get away, they do miss their home city. They do miss working in the districts in Chicago, and we need to help them do that. Additionally, we need to do more aggressive recruitment from our own communities, from the city of Chicago, because what I know is that when children saw police as officer friendlies, in their schools, 
children grew up wanting to be police officers. Because we've removed them from the schools, because their first interaction is usually negative instead of a positive, nobody at a younger age dreams of being a police officer. We can change that simply by showing a different side, the true side of what Chicago policing could be about, which is being from your neighborhood, being from the same communities that many of our children are growing up and give them, giving them something to aspire to be. But there's an, an issue that we have in the Chicago Police Department that I know you're well aware of, and that's police officer mental health. And that includes police dispatchers as yep. well. What are your plans for um, first responder mental health in the city when you become mayor? Mental health is at, at the forefront of everything we do. We've had six suicides this year alone, oftentimes because of the inconsistent application of mental the mental health pillars that have been put in place by the superintendent and the police department when it comes to traumatic incidences. We cannot be inconsistent when it comes to officers who deal with traumatic incidents and send them home, assuming that everything's gonna be okay simply because we didn't get around to the paperwork or following the steps. But I think more importantly than that, this goes also back to the recruitment because we cannot continue down this path where we are working our men and women for weeks on end without a day off, 14, 18, 22 days at a time, and then expect them to be able to decompress and come back to the job the very next day. That is why we need to aggressively fill those 2,000 vacant spots so that we can ensure that we have a workforce that is able to go home, refresh, and decompress and come back to do the job. Now, one of the things that I'm also willing to discuss with the FOP for contracting is that I think that we can also switch our schedules, either contractually or perhaps work it out as a deal where we have three days on and then a day off, two days on and a day off. Because I think a five-day stretch, particularly in high-pressure situations like this, is too much. The men and women need a break in between just to give them a chance to decompress and breathe. And if that is something that is an easy switch for us to do, then that should be on the table as well. But again, that also requires us to have the bodies to cover days off, which goes back to recruitment and everything else. And we have to start seeing all of these as tied together. They're not one-offs separated from each other. All of these things are interconnected. And as mayor, I will make sure that not only does the superintendent know that, but that the city council, which pays for everything, knows that, and that the public most importantly knows that, so that they know to be thankful and appreciative of those officers who they may see on a daily basis, not realizing that though the citizenry may have had, you know, weekends off, our officers probably haven't had a day off in a month. You know, Alderman, there's new legislation in Illinois that's about to go into effect that's receiving national attention, and that's called the Safety Act. Um, you know, it's going to affect the entire state, not just the city of Chicago, but um, tell me your thoughts on that new legislation and um, what you'll what you'll, you will do to to have to deal with it. Well, I am hopeful that members of the Illinois General Assembly will come before the City Council of the City of Chicago. In my role as alderman, I serve on the Committee on Public Safety, and I'm introducing a call for hearings to invite them to come and explain to us in the City of Chicago what the impact of the Safety Act will be on our communities, on our residents, and on policing. What I find very disconcerting is the fact that this 785-page law was enacted at midnight when everyone said that they read it thoroughly and were well aware of all that was in it. I heard our governor, J.B. Pritzker, say the other day that 
there have been edits and there will be there will continue to be edits to the original act to try and make it more fair for the general public. But what concerns me is that we're tweaking here and there and there's still 800 pages in that in that act that most people never read. You know, I highly doubt the General Assembly is going to put a pause on it. And I do know that both Democrats and Republicans who, uh, office holders have spoken out about the potential dangers of this act on the public. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of interpretation that can be applied and either way you choose to choose to uh, apply the terms. And all of that indecision, all of that rulemaking ability and that inconsistency across the board, I think is what's giving many of us pause. So I'm hopeful that we could have some clear language with some clear cut direction for state's attorneys, for judges to know what exactly you need to do. Because I know one of the things that I find very concerning is this. I understand that the point of bail reform was to help those individuals who do a one-off crime, who may not have a lot of money and don't need to spend six months in jail waiting for court. I get that. But we can't treat that person the same way as we would treat someone with a rap sheet for uh, murder and high, high violence, six pages long, in the same fashion. Those are two different individuals, and this law treats them both the same. And to tell a judge that they have to know who their next victim is, if you want to detain them, is absolutely ludicrous. And I believe that's what this act does as well. Yeah, that's an excellent explanation. Um, one of the things that uh, Chicago law enforcement has always done well is work with our federal partners. And, um, you know, that's especially important when you're talking about gangs, violent gun crime, um, what's your plans for that to deal with our uh, federal partners to help reduce crime in Chicago? I will move heaven and earth to ensure that we can use this, uh, the FBI, the U.S. State's Attorney and others to help bring violent criminals and those in our neighborhoods who are bringing in the drugs and the guns uh, to justice. They have to be our partners. And particularly for those of your uh, viewers who are familiar with Illinois and Cook County, when you have a, a state's attorney who is very much criminal friendly, who is very much trying to play the role of public defender as opposed to state's attorney, uh, you need somebody who's going to fully pursue charges based on the law and not on social narratives. And I think that's where we need to make sure that we have a strong working relationship with the federal government. I know that there are some concerns I've heard from our federal partners about the continuous shakeups of those specialized units like the gangs, drugs, and narcotics, uh, uh, guns and narcotics units that I mentioned earlier. So we need to be able to show that we are committed to the fight just as they are, that we are committed to putting those criminals and repeat offender, violent repeat offenders behind bars, and that we are willing to work with them to ensure that we are bringing those victims' plight to the forefront because behind every one of those criminals are families that they've impacted uh, in a very negative way and they cannot cannot be forgotten. So I gotta ask you, have you done any ride-alongs with the Chicago Police Department? Yes, as a matter of fact, I have. I've done uh, two ride-alongs, um, very enlightening. And I I've actually also done the uh, shoot, don't shoot training, um, which is also very important because many of my uh, colleagues like to advocate for less lethal approaches to dealing with individuals with that are armed. 
And I used to think that I was one of them. And I can honestly say after the shoot, don't shoot. When I try to be nice, I was dead in eight seconds. And I never made that mistake again. Um, but, I, but I see that same mentality in many of my colleagues as well. And until you're in that situation, until you're in running in that dark alley at 2 a.m. with someone who has a weapon in their hands, you don't know exactly how you're going to respond. And if you try to be nice, we'll be at your funeral tomorrow. So I think, you know, many people need to experience that. And I've always advocated my colleagues to go um, because I think it's important for everyone to get the understanding of what law enforcement deals with in the real world, not the hypothetical. I got to tell you, I, everything you say is just so incredibly um, cogent and I want everyone to follow you on Twitter. And I, I want everyone to know where can they find out more about you, um, your campaign. And uh, cause I, I think we're going to see you on uh, the national stage uh, sooner <laughs> rather than later. Tell us where people can find you. Betsy, people can follow me on Twitter, R Lopez 15th ward. Um, I'm, online at raymondforchicago.com and all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all of them are there. Um, you know, we will, we will take not back our city. We'll take back our country with common sense and especially reminding everyone that public safety should not be partisan. All of us, regardless what your political stripes want to come home safe. We want our children to come home with no more holes than God gave them. We want our elderly to be able to enjoy life without dodging bullets. We can do it. That's incredibly well said. Thank you so much, Alderman Lopez, for spending time with us today. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.